Welcome to Progression. I'm Jane Shin. This is a show about mental health, personal development, and spirituality through conversations I'll have with artists about their journeys and through my own reflections as a woman working in the music industry. On today's episode, I sit down with one of my favorite bands, Orlando-based band Sales, comprising of Lauren Morgan and Jordan Shee. We talk about how they've navigated the music industry as an independent band since 2012 through shared trust, friendship, and open communication to work through growing pains and celebrate wins as a duo. We talk about the origin of their band name Sales, how hip-hop has influenced their business approach and creative process, how it's important to know your worth and not compare yourself to others, and more. In celebration of the one-year anniversary this week of their latest project, Forever and Ever, we also dive into how some of my favorite songs from the album came together. So I'm excited to have Lauren and Jordan on as guests for this episode because I had first connected with them maybe back in 2014, 2015. I reached out to them for an emerging artist research project I was conducting during my SoundCloud days and I had fallen in love with their music immediately. To me, their music feels open yet cozy and intimate and evokes a lot of different emotions. And once I reached out to connect years ago, we hit it off immediately, stayed in touch online, have hung out a couple of times when they've been in town in LA. So it was an honor to have them as guests to reflect on their own journey and their own progression they've made over the years. I think it's really cool how they first met in Latin class in high school and were kind of brought together as part of like the outcast group. Um, you know, that weren't part of any real cliques or weren't part of the jocks, which I completely relate to. And it's exciting to see them continuously creating and building their sales universe and how recently they may have been the only independent band to have played Coachella this year. So I'm really excited for their journey and for their growth. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you both for being on the show. Can you introduce yourself in your own words? I'm Lauren, I'm from Sales. My name is Jordan Shi, and I'm in Sales, the band. And you guys are from Orlando? Yes. Yeah. How'd you both meet? Uh, we went to high school together. Jordan sat behind me in Latin class. We both ate lunch outside, not with like no tables, you know. The cool kids yeah, got to eat on the tables. The we sat on the ground outside. Wow. Make sure you make friends with the outcasts. They're going to do stuff. So you guys were really friends. Well, we didn't actually talk until just like mutual friends, I think. Yeah, we had a friend um, named Alex that uh, brought like a lot of the outcasts together. Mm-hmm. She, she, she was very good at identifying the, the people that needed friends. And we would sit outside and eat, like, you know, sitting on, sitting on the wall. And that's yeah, some of my first memories of hanging with Lauren. Mm-hmm. Were you making music at that point too? Like individually or what um, were your creative pursuits? Yeah, Jordan was making music. Yeah, I, I, I was always like a nerd at home on the computer, like you know, making music, using like 3D loops and Acid Pro and all the, all the programs. I was always just pirating software and trying to learn how to use it. I had had like piano lessons and guitar lessons. It was like really important to me to play instruments. No one in my family played, but I was just super driven and like drawn to it. And so I was doing that on my own. I didn't have like a band or anything. And Jordan was the first person I met who like 
made music, which was really cool. I mean, at the time, I was super into classic rock and stuff. So the electronic stuff he was showing me was a little, I questioned it quite a bit. Mostly everybody did. <laughs> everybody did. You got to experiment. Yeah. You got to get that awkward <laughs> stuff out before you can do the. Right. But you're consistent. You know, it's like Caterpillar to Butterfly moment. Well, how did sales form then? When was that? Sales officially formed when we had written songs like Renee and stuff. Like we were both work. I just got out of college. We were both working like nine to five. Jordan was actually working for it. Wait, six a.m. to four. Yeah, six a.m. four a.m. Yeah, it was with really good schedule actually. I had to work um, to earn that schedule at a call center, and that's that was like the best schedule you can get Monday through Friday, six a.m. to four p.m. Weekends off. So that led you to create music during those hours after. Yeah, yeah it was like. Lauren and I made a point to meet after work on, on weekdays and yeah. get together on weekends. I was working in like South Orlando and I would drive right after work, like all the way up to Jordan. It's like an hour, just like, just to make music for like two or three hours, hang out. It's just like the best release. It was always like, as long as I, I always hated living in Orlando. I never wanted to be there. But as long as I was working on music with Jordan and I always felt like justified. Cause I, I only moved to Orlando when I was 16. I'm 29 now, so I haven't been there my whole life. So I, I consider Orlando to be pretty special for me because all my formative, you know, moments and the people that I still talk to to this day are all from Orlando. Right. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in South Florida, which pretty much no one's there anymore. He's from the same city Ariana Grande's from. Really? Or oh, St. Yeah. Lucie. Or St. Lucie, Florida. Did you know her? No. No other yeah. mutual connections. No. Small world. So obviously Orlando is a special place. Mm -hmm. And the kind of music you guys make, you know, you're from a certain region. Like, how important is it for you to, like, rep the fact that you are from Orlando? More than anywhere, we're from the internet yeah. all the time. Interesting. People have no idea where we're from. It's, like, all over our socials. People still, if you're in a band, assume you're in L.A. or New York. I do but. like how you guys term yourselves, like, it's sales universe. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of, like, oh, this yeah. concept of... That's our yeah. our official LLC name. Sales yeah, universe the LLC. Right. So why, why sales? Um, you know, we just needed a band name, and that's it's hard. It's hard to choose. I, prefer, I wanted to keep it in one word. We had written, like, Renee and stuff, and we felt... I mean, we had written songs before, but the, these songs we wrote together felt like we needed to share them. And that was crazy. So we had to come up with a name. My parents are salespeople, um, commission salespeople. And I always kind of wanted to work that into something because they, their experience is so weird. They like work from home or like, like there's all kinds of weird products in our garage. I just don't know anybody else who's parents do that stuff so actually you know my i've never really elaborated but my my family's background is they sold stuff at like flea markets and i've always i gravitated towards that when lauren said brought it up because i consider myself to be just someone that likes to haggle and like sell yeah. make make money oh shoot he made That's, like a business like yeah. a side business but after we're already sales we're already <laughs> like a successful band and jordan decides to like make a business buying like really cheap stuff at this flea market and like reselling it on the internet yeah. just yeah, to like just for the love of the for, game yeah, just for the fun of business wow and, so uh, like what kind like clothing or um, Do5 like, deodorant and like um, avon deodorant you know, toothpaste you know like, like <laughs> name brand like like procter and gamble branded Got you should it. get a procter and gamble 
sponsorship for this. But, uh, <laughs> like Colgate, you know, stuff like that. Like right. that, the flea market was wholesaling for like offloading, but like for super cheap. And then I would buy it and then sell it to, you know, dollar stores like that wanted to sell that type of stuff. My mom runs a, runs a dollar store, so I wanted to help her like have like like name more name brand products there. Nice. It was just for fun. What role does family play in terms of your career and the fact that you're both like partners basically mm-hmm. in this in this journey with sales? So yeah, I think both our families are super supportive. Yeah. Jordan's mom's amazing. Yeah, my mom's uh, she was always okay with me, you know, bumming out trying to find my way into, you know, making a living. She was never, like, pressured me to be like, oh, you got to do this or that. She had, she was always confident in my choices. So I would say, like, you know, because of that, I was able to really immerse myself in what I was doing. But, you know, with that said, I feel like it didn't really take off until, you know, I had to, you know, get a job and take life a little more seriously and have a paycheck. And knowing that's, like, all you'll ever get unless you make some moves is, like, was probably the most, like, impactful uh, thing for me. So I think she, like, knew that that was going to happen. My yeah. family knew. They are like, okay, well, you got to, like, make the mistakes to come around. Have that Has that been a big lesson for you guys? Like, what are themes? Because you are still independent artists. Oh, I love every moment of having that autonomy on the project, that sovereignty. Yeah, we don't have to answer to anyone. And, you know, it feels like we are able to you know, make decisions that are able to build this project more and more in a, you know, financially sensible way. You don't feel pressure so, from not, industry or... I feel pressure. What kind of pressure? You know, it's, well, we're doing everything our own way, and that's great. Sales universe forever and ever, but we're all constantly being compared to acts that have a giant mega PR label machine behind them, and we're not that. We're, like, not even playing the same game. It's... It's intense being compared, and you have to, like, be aware and not compare yourself to them. Like, you know, the really young people with, like, huge projects. Jordan and I have been working on this for years, and it's just starting to take off. So things move a lot slower, and you try to just, like, stay in your lane and, like, not get discouraged, I guess. A mentor of mine is always, like, compare and despair comparing does what like solves what you know but it's by choice that you both are trying to stay independent Mm -hmm. yeah yeah with some you know our projects are on like a lot every year you know you can pump a lot of like money and promotion into a product or project but you know and, and get a lot out of it but i feel like the way we've grown it's been very like sustainable you know our fan base is very loyal you know we meet a lot of fans that have been to shows like four or five times the, you know and they and the way they describe us is like it's not just like oh i saw you on a commercial or i found out about a commercial or this contrived thing a lot of word of mouth joan actually found out about us because her friend's little brother showed them the music wow which is it's cool. Jones, Jones our booking agent, yeah. Jones our ride or die booking agent, the yeah. one of the only industry people we work with. Yeah. And she has to put up with our um ethos, you know. It's hard. It's like sometimes feels like it's us against the world cuz we're not playing by the same rules and like Joan is tasked with making sure we're treated like equally as other artists with giant machines behind them i think i've learned just from building relationship with you guys and like learning how joan moves it's like you have been able to do it though you know what i mean you just played coachella i know 
It's crazy. Joan has been working on that a long time. And if you told me I'd be playing Coachella like two years ago, like before we released Forever and Ever, I don't know, maybe even a year ago, I would have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. How was that experience? It was, I think, a really good experience for us. A really good learning experience for us. In terms of what? It was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, being know. able to put on a show, you know, in, in that in type of environment, it's like, you know, you don't get a sound check. You, you got to go up there, hope that everything you've been doing for the last, you know, couple of weeks on tour is going to be the same. So it was cool to overcome that. Yeah, we um, had to make sure our production was, like, really solid. Mm-hmm. And then just, like, delivering a performance that's, like, fun and exciting, you know, at a festival. You know, people are seeing, like, you know, Ariana Grande. They're also, like, seeing, like, acts that, you know, they never heard. So it's, like, pretty pol- it can be pretty polarizing So and intimidating, you know, watching fans at a festival. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when we went up there, we, we really had a good time, and the crowd seemed to know who we are, which is really cool. I think we were the only independent band on that lineup ever. I don't really know the stats there, but it was history. Joan helped us make history. That's so sick. And, like, yeah, we played at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and, like, wasn't the biggest, craziest show ever, but played our set and made history. It was pretty cool. With the independence thing that you guys are going off of, like, did you both have, like, build up tenants for that? Or is this just something that, like, over time you're like, oh, wait, I've had organic growth. Like, let's just stick with being independent. Or did you both sort of establish, like, what are our tenants as far as us remaining independent? We, you know, we meet up every day. And we've always kind of done that, like even when we were working other jobs. So, you know, working on music, we're always communicating and talking like we're in the inbox together. And I think the way we started doing things, it happened out of necessity because like who's going to back us? We're nobody mm-hmm. like we're not going to get a label deal. We have like yeah. one song on the Internet. So we just started doing it, and I think our ethos and our attitudes sort of formed together over time. Just we've been doing this since 2012 to 2013 or something. Like we have a yeah. pretty big established worldview these days, or outlook on the yeah, industry and how we like to do things. Yeah, I, I was I was always just very conscious of like you know what money's coming in, and a big part of you know signing a deal is like knowing what you're worth on what your value is and you know you have to give a, a, a chunk of that value so a big part of saying independent like Lauren was saying it was just out of necessity we weren't people weren't offering us like you know free money you know when they offer you money it's not you know just to keep you don't just get to keep it you have to it comes out of your overall yeah you have money to that you <laughs> yeah right so, you know um it's just a glorified loan yeah early on we said no to a management deal it was like a management label deal it was a weird one but yeah they offered us an advance and stuff and i think we just sort of looked at each other it was like yeah this is like a bad loan like no we don't want that we don't really like advances we like paying for things up front and just moving forward definitely being in debt to anybody is the worst feeling how are you sustaining then so is it mostly touring and merch or and streaming i imagine yeah. streaming yeah. streaming has been huge for us yeah streaming's big um, like we get a regular paycheck from streaming which is unprecedented in this industry usually yeah, you get paid like two months later polarizing opinion about streaming i would say the popular opinion is that streaming doesn't pay enough uh but I, in my opinion it's just how is it allocated you know how much of it is it going to artists versus the label versus the management. Yeah, it's you like know. if you're an artist, you split that streaming paycheck with maybe management, maybe somehow a lawyer. You never mm-hmm. even know. Uh, like 
your label, and then also royalty income is taxed really hardcore. So, yeah, there's not a lot left over if you're splitting it with all those people. But for us, the way we do it, it's been able to sustain us and, like, give us the kind of security we need to, like, bring on people, yeah. like, on the road and stuff and, like... Yeah, and actually compensate. Compensate people. people. That's a big part of our ethos as well is that if we want, you know, people on our team uh, or people that we're working with, we want to be able to compensate them. The, this, the creative industries, there's a lot of... You know, situations where people are getting taken advantage of, you know, in terms of like free labor. Uh, so that's something that we wanted to be able to like make a difference on. So generally, we make sure that we're able to pay for things, pay for services, and things that we that we think would help our project. Yeah, um, I hope you both keep going as long as you can with the independence thing, because you both you you come to mind whenever someone's like, oh, DIY musician, or like mm-hmm. DIY, like a, what is DIY? Yeah. In this yeah, day and age, yeah. you know. Well, you know, I also don't know how to elaborate that. Um, we did another interview the other day, and I feel like um, DIY and like punk and all that tends to be tied together. But for me, a lot of my ethos on being DIY and uh, just not signing a deal was had come from like hip hop music and listening to rap. It's all embedded into that, and I feel like that. A lot of people in the rap scene, hip hop scene, don't really get enough credit for the things that they've done in the industry and like just many, you know, not signing the deals and, you know, advocating, you know, being independent. Yeah, I feel like that's it's important to acknowledge that whole scene of, you know, musicians and mm-hmm. and lots of them, you know, recording at home too. Yeah. Like, yeah, the way I, I, you know, we make music is a lot closer to like a rapper and a producer more so than a band. Our studio doesn't have doesn't even have a drum kit, right. and a computer, <laughs> and we a don't, microphone. We don't like play the songs together. Like we lay each part down separately, one at a time, and then have to figure out how to play live later. That's usually that's the other fun part. Yeah, that's cool that hip hop has been influential in like the creative and business process. Oh, yeah, absolutely, business. Yeah. yeah, the lyrics in hip hop, you know, it's all about keeping your business, you know, keeping your money, being autonomous. Yeah, the other genres don't even talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uncouth to mention right money and success. It seems so. That's true. Well, I think the beauty of the music that you both create is that you attract a lot of different fans. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Me playing either. shows going out to this and seeing everyone it's uh yeah i'm blown away at how young you know the 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 age range you know you got very young kids with their parents coming to the show so like older people you can tell just like people of all backgrounds like the fact that the music i'm like we're making i'm vocalizing on top of like you know i'm a white woman like yes queer but still like the fact that that's reaching people from other backgrounds and then they're like they'll fuck with me like that's it means a lot. It's like a big responsibility going out to the shows and seeing like you're reaching so many different kinds of people. It's really special. What do you attribute that to? I'm not sure. I guess it's just the music. I think yeah, the music really leaves a lot. Like I'm lyrically, I leave a lot open to interpretation. Like it's important to me that people can find their own meaning in the songs. And like I think phonically, because of Jordan and I's different background, it has like sort of like a push and pull and like. It kind of sounds like hip hop. It might kind of sound like a little bit like indie and like with the guitars too. It's, I think there's just something there. It's, it's open, I think. It's like really intimate, open music. And it's nice to see lots of different people relating to it because I think that was our intention. I would say it's successful. <laughs> At least for me, I'm always like, 
it either brings me back to like very specific memories or it evokes something in a way that's like dreamy but also like contemplative but fun you have a lot of variety but it all, mm. all tunes into like the way you talk about emotions and feelings talking about the music then what's your creative process like it sounds like it's personal yeah we work we go to the studio every day we have office hours um we go in like from 11 a.m to 6 p.m 7 p.m depending on how much we got to do so you know forcing creativity is always like a difficult thing so i feel like the way we do it is you know we, just, we go in every day and then like you know our outside experiences or external experiences outside of that you know help form this little chi ball this chakra ball <laughs> i like to call it you know we just get in there and then bam yeah when you ball, expect it the chakra ball is just like fucking blows up yeah you know? and then we come up with like a riff or an idea that we're both like really like feeling at the time um so i feel like i feel like that's that's how i explain the creative process it's, it's a very conscious but subconscious thing it's like we're consciously meeting up to try to write a song every day but sometimes we don't. we don't feel like great about that song and then eventually one day it's just like it's like the atoms colliding yeah our creative process is super personal it's like i noticed we write the best songs when we've spent time like with each other like positive time with each other and it could take a few days or like you know just making sure we're on the same page and like I know what's going on with him and vice versa. Maybe we eat lunch. And in yeah, the I'll early lunch. days of like <laughs> yeah, writing the EP and the LP, we were every day, you know, go out, get lunch. Like everything but make music mm -hmm. always helps us, I think, work on the music. Because we work in a room, it's like very uninspiring. It's it's more like our quiet place or like, or like a, it's like sacred because we just make music in there. And like, like Jordan said, pulling from the outside. And so yeah, as long as we're friends, we're gonna write a great song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you navigate when you're not on the same page? Because I mean, you're both a partnership in this band. So yeah, it's, it's tough. yeah, we've had to learn to like really be communicative with each other. You know, we've been doing this long enough to where we we know we I think we're both like on the same page of you know, what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, just being straight up. Yeah, we're still working on it. It's yeah, hard. It's always a work in progress. And I like I have a lot of doubts, and I'm really okay with communicating those so like i'll be in the studio and be like jordan i hate everything we just did yesterday like i don't want to sing like i'm scared about singing or you know you accidentally listen to frank ocean you can't write lyrics ever again yeah Dude. and um yeah we have to help each other through it we get each other's side men you know it's very isolating you know it's just lauren and, I and we have malcolm with us no, um, he's been amazing. Um, he's our touring uh, drummer. And he uh, kills it on the live <laughs> live stuff. And then when he's able to hang with us in the studio, it's been really great. It's really nice having a friend in yeah, the studio. Because yeah, yeah. there's been a, a period where it's just me and Jordan in there. And it's so isolating. And you just get inside your own head. But like having a friend in there that you trust, like someone mm -hmm. like Malcolm, has always been able to bring us such like a fun energy and like remind us like oh yeah this stuff we're doing is cool like this does sound cool right you can get excited about it with talking about just the latest project forever and ever there's obviously the the theme of love and navigating <laughs> relationships but you do it in a way that's like 
not cheesy or not it's just like open to interpretation but mm -hmm. i could tell it was personal and even like one of my favorite lyrics of from off and on uh you sing keeping up old ways expecting different things mm -hmm. i feel like that could be things said outside of romantic interactions like that felt like you can't keep doing the same shit expecting different results. Yeah, they, they, my one of my exes would always quote her dad saying like, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I want that's why I put that lyric in there and just sort of paraphrase that. I pull from a lot of different things in each song. Like it's never about just one thing because, you know, brain's crazy place, lots of things going on in there. Off and on, like too, I was struggling with maybe even me and Jordan's relationship too in some points. It's like, it's tough. We even went to like band counseling. You That's know? awesome. Couples counseling. Couples That's, counseling. It wasn't. Because we're like, we're married, yeah, we business band, partners, yeah. we're bandmates, <laughs> we're like friends as well. And like managing all those relationships has kind of been tough. I think that's very courageous to, to do. It, it shows how much you both care about each other and what you're doing. Yeah, I think we do care about each other. And it's like, I think we've learned the lesson that like friendship is the most important. And we're trying to maintain that like with ourselves and with the people we work with. It's like, yeah, business is business. Business is important. We get stoked about business, but the friendship is the most important. And we never want to lose, you know any of our relationships to like dollars right open communication trust very important from that album to you look well you know how many times i've cried to that song really yeah. Whoa. i don't know why but that song puts me in the feels like wow. right. <laughs> <laughs> well what's the story behind that one is it you saying goodbye to someone or like you, you, you running into someone again like yeah it was uh it was uh it was an ex i reconnected with Shout out to Abigail. You're awesome. <laughs> Shout out to Abigail. Yeah. She knows. She knows. Dealing with this this feeling I've had in some other songs too, I've tried to explore the idea that like once you care about someone and you're intimate and you have a relationship, that stuff never really goes away. But you have to have distance and like you kind of have to let it go. But it will always exist. And like once you look well and we had reconnected, and stuff and just sort of like reveling and after a sad breakup a bad breakup that person being okay and like being even better and like the feeling still being there going through that yeah moving on having respect for each other but you that you've both grown so much yeah and then maybe the idea like hey maybe we can hook up again soon you know <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated it's comp love is love is complicated it really is compared to forever and ever comparing that to the ep and the lp what frame of mind or point were you all at with the ep and lp i mean that was like three to five years ago right mm -hmm. so what place were you in at that point emotionally or mentally compared to putting out forever and ever mm. the past Past. It, it was it's, different, you know. Like different. when we put the EP and LP out, it was we had a lot more. It was like we were, we had we were like trying to figure it out. Yeah, know? I like, mean, we I had a lot yeah, of doubts yeah, early on. Like, I remember like going on tour and being like, okay, I'm just gonna go on tour and then move on with my yeah, life. Yeah. Like we weren't sure how long it was gonna last. It, and, we didn't reach to that like sustainable point yet, where it's like, oh wow, this we couldn't pay ourselves. You know, become like a. I would say that's the feelings that. I remember 
most is like so living paycheck to paycheck you know we're getting some you know reception on the music but it's like i can't you know i can't necessarily like quit my job yet yeah. or i didn't have any intention to actually i got fired for, right before going on tour i for wanted to LP. keep my job actually but ever since i haven't had to have a job with that the like, universe heard you yeah yeah sales and, yeah universe. we've been full-time ever since forever and ever it's like our job and there was a lot to live up to and we're like you know leveling up our equipment so it's like oh will it still sound the same like will people care we're so inquisitive about it i mean jordan has really got me on it getting inquisitive about like the production process and like all the cool little tricks you can do and all the cool sounds you can make it, it was a big one for us in the sense that like it was all from us yeah um, i mean we even did the artwork yeah for everything yeah, like i put projects. together the lp like yeah. I, like I'd, we had to pick a color and like make stickers and cd jackets are different than tape jackets the whole thing it was really overwhelming and like but it felt so good because it was like we had something to prove like we had to yeah. do it all ourselves but and you had more confidence though with this project yes I mean, when I first heard you all, I was like, who are they? You know when you hear music and you're like, I fuck with that heavy, yeah. like, right away? Absolutely. And that's how I felt, like, about the first, about the first songs we wrote. It's like, They're even probably. Renee, like, happened very fast. And I was like, this is... Really? This is, mm -hmm. has to go out to the world. Like, you know? like Yeah. It was, it was like, this is it. Like, what did we just make? Oh, yeah. my God. It was kind of out of body. There's, yeah, like, a lot of the songs we've written that come together, like Renee did, it is out of body. It feels like when you see the moon, it's like big and close and snatch it out of the sky. That's what I thought. Yeah. So Renee feels like that was like a turning point song, at mm -hmm. least for you. It, it like opened up a new yeah. chapter. And there's, there's other songs that That's felt true. that way. And like, it's just like, oh, wow, okay, if this feeling keeps happening, like we must have something going and we got to keep going. It was just like a snowball that just kept getting bigger and you had to keep, you know, had to keep the... Uh, Chasing Rolling. that feeling. I mean, every time I go into the studio, like, I'm hoping I get to have that feeling again. It's like addicted to the creative process. Yeah. Are you both perfectionists? Not as much as you. <laughs> Damn. Called <laughs> out on my own show. I'm sorry. It's all good. I think we're really, really down to bust our ass. We're really hard workers. And I think. Once you start making your own music, you learn that being a perfectionist is counterproductive. Yeah, it can be unhealthy to, you know, you already have, like, we're mixing Master of Songs already to 10 versions. What's perfection? Like 100 versions? Uh, that's, that's when things never come out. Yeah. Right, but so. we have to help each other out. I mostly need Jordan's help to be like, more and it's okay. Like, this is done. Or like, you can do one more take here. Especially with the vocals, it's hard to know when you're done or if you gave your best take. Right. But usually if Jordan says it's good, I trust him and we just move forward. Yeah, it's super relative, you know? Like, I actually forgot in Renee, there's actually a moment where the vocal kind of, like, is not, like, I think the mic moved a little bit. Um, and I don't know if anyone can tell, but in my mm -hmm. opinion, like, now it's like, wow, that's actually great. You know, and, like, if you hear the, the chair squeaking. So it's like in another universe where it's, like, it's perfection, like, getting, fixing that, you know, getting the chair squeaks out and, like, Closing the window, making sure you can't hear the crickets. Like it almost feels like if you got rid of those things, they would lose this. You know, lose what was the special about it? Yeah. yeah, like if if a major artist went in to record yeah. Renee, like would it even be a good song? Mm -hmm. I think what made those early songs special were were a lot of the imperfection. If you want to 
talk about like recording perfection. Recording perfection is like make sure the vocals are as clean as possible and don't have any bleed and all that. And a lot of that, all that can be can add a lot to the to the essence of something now. And I think a lot of the music you hear nowadays is trying to add that. Yeah, I think what you have you you have a unique setup where you both are just relying on each other. There's not like an A and R. Like you both yeah. are each other's. Yeah, it's all about capturing that moment. Yeah, I think that's all um, we're interested it's in. It's like that's why a lot of times we've used the first couple takes of a vocal. You know, even though another one might have been better pitch or whatever. It's like the way you do it in that first moment is can be so like nuanced. Yeah, like for off and on the guitar solo, I tried to re-record it, but I just couldn't play it the same way I did the first time. And you just gotta let it go. And there's like great musicians out there that they're able to do that. You know, they're able to like. But at the same that. time, the weird, unique thing about our situation is that riff on off and on was probably the first time I ever played it. Exactly. Which is like. It wasn't something I practiced and rehearsed and went to the studio and I said, hey, listen to this riff. I just made it up right there. It was the first time ever. So, yeah, I mean, I think if our writing process was, were different. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even like the EP songs, like I was learning how to play guitar at the time. You know, the way I play guitar now, I'm only like 1% better than I used to be, but it's different. You know, it's right. different the way you move, the way you move your hands and stuff, like the way you are able to interact with something for the first time. Yeah, you just have to trust it in some yeah. way. No yeah, it's what. a, it's literally like you're it's a feeling. just a feeling instead of your, your, your mind doesn't really take over. You're still, you know, the physical aspect of it is still like you're still getting comfortable with that. So it's like there's no mental barrier. Now when I play guitar, I'm like, am I on the time? Like constantly, you know, when you're first learning guitar, you're like, I'm just trying to get the, the notes to come out. How do you take care of yourselves? Because it feels like you both seem like you just go with the flow. I like spend a lot of time alone, like a lot. You enjoy solitude. Me too. Um, my happy place is just in my room, hanging out, playing some games with friends. You know, if I'm not making music, I'm probably just hanging out with some friends online. Yeah, and you like we we get home from tours and stuff, which can be really mentally, emotionally exhausting, physically exhausting. And it's like I just need to be alone for like two months. Yeah. You know, you wonder like if I'm not playing music, what do I even do? Mm-hmm. Like you can't keep house plants. You your dog probably thinks you're dead. <laughs> like shout out to my dog. He probably doesn't know where I am, and. It's super hard to take care of yourself, maintain a routine. Like, I, I actually got a personal trainer, which is pretty bougie of me. But, like, I go there every day. And that's, like, one thing I do every day that, like, makes me feel, like, I don't know, right. Which is cool. I, got, I actually got pretty unhealthy for a minute. Like, between releases, like, I'll let myself go. And it's been a lot to, like, be physically well. Mm-hmm. So... Emotionally, then, how do you how do you handle situations? Shit hits the fan. Damn, man. <laughs> Why did you do that? Because <laughs> part we of this, pa- part of this, I'm gonna throw I a curveball. I was curve answering ball. those questions so well, and now you threw that question. <laughs> well, did you grow up with a spiritual practice at all? No, no, no. Uh, I was raised Catholic. Oh, um, me too. Okay, cool. Are you confirmed? Yeah, all the way. Yeah, I, I've um, <laughs> I've come to appreciate spirituality and 
you know, even just like some Bible excerpts. You know, I, I grew up like my parents didn't take me to church. Um, one one of my memories of church, the first moments was going to school, like kindergarten, and a kid asked me if I go to church, and I said no. And he says, "Well, you know, you're going to hell, right?" And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> I I was on phase yeah. because at, you know at that point I didn't even understand what hell was or right. any of that, but. I think that was what led me to be like, hmm, I don't know if I want to be involved with that, you know. Um, but yeah, I'll read some Bible excerpts every now and then. Really? Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> For educational purposes. Do you have a Bible app? <laughs> uh, whatever. This is the uh, first I've heard script, of it. You know, scriptures101.com. Yeah. I'm about to Google that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Does this even exist? <laughs> it sounds like it would. Cafe, cafe scripture? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. writing music keeps me well. Like, it keeps me sane. That's mm-hmm. the closest thing to spiritual practice yeah. I've yeah, ever that, had. Like, yeah, right. that stuff keeps that is, us that right is, in the that head. Is a spiritual moment. As long as we're working well together, mm-hmm. the rest of my world is good. And when I say working well together, I mean, as long as Jordan and I's relationship is solid i usually feel pretty good for everything else and prepared for everything else because we were these kids who were just like barely talking outside of you know the high school band room had no idea that they were gonna you know have this coexistence this like shared career this shared path into like i don't know it's tough everyone says we can't can't do it or couldn't do it nobody took us seriously and we're here and people still we play coachella and people will still say we can't do it which is just nuts and we're still just gonna keep going as long as we're good everything else is good i don't know i've always wanted this ever since i was a little kid just always wanted it like really delusionally reaching for it I've always been freaking out about playing music. That's probably why you, you both are on this journey. Yeah, it's pretty sick. It is sick. I'm it's very honored fun. that you're speaking with me. So last I'm honored. Week. I'm honored, Jane. Gratitude is a, a beautiful thing because it grounds you, brings you to the present moment. So what are each of you grateful for? People, places, things? I'm grateful for the people that I have in my life. Like, honestly, like, I... Um, a lot of the people I know now, I've only met, I've only known for like the last ten, nine years. Um, and I feel like there's going to be the same people that I know until you're, you know, 40, 50, 60. And that's, that's how I want to keep it. I want to keep all the people that I, you know, that are in my life around. Um, just like have quality moments with them and making my own. <laughs> I'm grateful for all the people who work with us. We have like a very strange dynamic, you know, friends, boss, whatever. We're not perfect. We're really bad at lots of things. So shout out to the people who work with us and put up with our bullshit and give us chances to work it out, you know. What are you grateful for? No. I'm grateful to be where I'm at. It's yeah, a trip. Being it's alive, a trip. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I was, yeah, I interviewed you both for a fucking emerging artist project at SoundCloud in like 20, I don't even know, 2015 maybe. Mm-hmm. We and now we're here. 
We started on SoundCloud. Now. Right. Shout out, shout out to SoundCloud. I'm grateful for SoundCloud, actually. I'm grateful too. It actually <laughs> it actually pivoted my career. Like, we wouldn't be talking right now. If yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I've seen all of us come a long way, and I think that's that's what I'm grateful for. Is like the artists. I when I see their growth, it's reminding me of my growth. So. That's nice. Likewise. All right. Last question. Where can we find you? WeAreNotSales.com. WeAreNotSales.com. Excellent job on the website. Or uh, uh, the uh, bubbles. I like the bubbles. Go pop some bubbles. WeAreNotSales.com. Head to progression.fm for more information and to hear all episodes. You can also find me at progression.fm on Instagram and at progression.fm on Twitter. Stay in touch and take care. Mm